The following podcast contains adult language and themes, and usually a whole bunch of alcohol. Listener discretion is advised. Going there. No, you didn't. Taboo topics Ooh. are back on the table, and it's Matt's birthday. Can we get any more taboo than that? Welcome back, everyone. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. I'm LeJohn, and welcome to this happy birthday, Matt edition of the Going There podcast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, t- today's episode was just an excuse to actually get together with everyone. And right now it is the week between Christmas and New Year's. Christmas birthdays are the worst. We get forgotten every year. I share a birthday with Denzel Washington. What? Stan Lee. Really? But the one, Sienna Miller and I are born on the exact same day. <laughs> I hate to say she was in G.I. Joe. Um, layer cake. Yeah. So today's episode actually comes in three flavors. The overarching story of becoming who I am today. Everybody has like a journey that they can share. And so it's not really all about me. We're going to make it about you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. The second flavor, I guess, is kind of roasting Matt a little bit, hopefully. Lots. And then the third flavor is treat yourself. So just some fun, stupid shit. So it's not really about going there other than going there for fun. So... First, to go there for fun, I want LeJohn to read some of the ideas he originally emailed me oh, when shit. I was like, hey, LeJohn, let's start a podcast. Originally, the podcast was just going to be me interviewing people. And then I was like, that's a horrible idea. So then I'm like, let's get a different voice. So I asked LeJohn, hey, you want to do a podcast? He's like, hell yeah. And so before we added Joe, thankfully... Into Thank the you. mix. Yeah. Uh, LeJohn sent me a bunch of ideas, and some of them are just incredible. So I just wanted LeJohn to share some of these. Oh, wait, well, like, where do I start? Like, different segments that we wanted to get into. Piece of shit moments, great deeds, moments of life that have taken place. Yeah, can we can we delve into that oh, a little bit? Sure. Those, those are times when you know you were a jerk and times when you know you were a force of good. Okay. I think we, like, without naming it, I think we do a lot of that on this show. Yeah. In fact, some of it live. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Apology Files. This is the segment of the show, and most likely at the end, where we apologize to those we have offended or who have their panties in the bunch. And uh, not that we really give a fuck anyway, because we didn't. Yeah, because that's what he wrote. But not that we give a fuck. So it's like, I'm sorry you're a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me see. Ass or class. Anyone in the news or current events that did some stupid shit and another that did some awesome shit. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we have the say what segment. As a black man might say, man, you got to be fucked up. A white man might say, hey, newsflash, buddy. So, so- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So wait, what's that called? That was the say what segment. <laughs> We're going to do several say what segments here today. All right. And finally, show names. All right. The... the- <laughs> The first name that I brought out, because this is before Joe got here, this was the name that it was just going to be me and Matt, was Blackie and Cracky. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, 
that was going to get a million listens. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know who that's more offensive to, but I just love all of it. The listener. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, ebony reasons and ivory thoughts. <laughs> uh, drugs in action. <laughs> the golden shower hour where we piss on your thoughts and ambitions. Woke or coke? We were hoping coke. Um, wh- <laughs> wait a minute. White rice and black gravy. <laughs> Can you imagine as I'm reading this email how hard I'm laughing? He sends this to me and I'm like, I can't tell if he's joking or if he thinks these are great ideas because I kind of want to do all of them. But in the bottom of the email, he's like, please confirm receipt. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. That's a say what? Right. Matt says, please confirm receipt of this information. What would LeJohn say? Let me know you got this or something. (laughs) Spelled D-I-S. D-I-S, right? (laughs) Acid indigestion with Matt and (laughs) LeJohn. I like that one. (laughs) The interracial brain bang. Nipples and ripples. Yeah, this is some serious shit, man. Can you go into the nipples and ripples thing? <laughs> LeJohn was trying to make love to his reflection in the water. <laughs> nipples, ripples, and a koi fish. <laughs> Noggin nuggets with Matt and LeJohn. Ooh, I like that. Noggin nuggets. Oh, shit, man. This this is a... Uh, I, I can't even believe it. And he that. knocked out this list in probably five minutes. Yes. It's just like... Just like making love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's actually longer than I usually take. That's um, two and a half making loves. <laughs> he had sex and then he made the list. And then the whole thing was five minutes. <laughs> I appreciate that. That was, that was good stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> so now another treat show self is Joe's been begging us to talk about this. So we're going to um, humor her and put on our thinking caps. How would a black man say that? Think, motherfucker. <laughs> Think, motherfucker. Joe, how would a woman say that? Um, If I could just please say something, please. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, right. silence would have been the answer we were looking for. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry to leave the kitchen, but I have one thing to say. <laughs> so as you've all known from episode one, Joe is... Uh, a connoisseur of ancient aliens and and amazing facts. So we just want to learn a little bit more about ancient aliens today. Oh, there's so many things. First off, the talking heads, everyone that they interview is just amazing and should have their own show. Like the meme of the guy with the big hair. Yeah, Giorgio and- Sukelis. He His hair... I mean, you might think hair gel. I say ancient aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and so the people that they interview, even though you can't be an expert in ancient aliens, like they're coming across like they're historians. and Well, they're ancient astronaut theorists. So let's get that okay, straight. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> they Do they have, have a degree for that? some more respect there. I don't think that there is a good degree yet available to be an ancient astronaut theorist. I think lots of them are authors and perhaps there's a geologist in there. It's all pseudoscience until, like, we can prove it, right? You know, like, astronomy was a pseudoscience for how long? For sure. Absolutely. And they also will take you to these places where they'll show you these ancient ruins and how intricate they are. But then when they talk to archaeologists, they say the tools that they had that day are, like, very simple, crude tools that cannot recreate this stuff. So do you believe in, like, one plot line? Or are you just interested in all the different theories? I'm interested in all the different theories. Some of it I believe. Some of it I'm there for the hair. And (laughs) 
Mostly that. Also, they all have like just really interesting voices. I don't know. (laughs) Almost every single one of them has a lisp. And I'm not saying that to make fun of them. It's like soothing to me. It's it's your uh, Bill Nye. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, it's, it's really quite simple. <laughs> it's quite simple there, Joe. Are or, you an ancient astronaut? Or it's, it's either Bill Nye or it's, uh, it's the ladies, man. You see, because when I like to talk about aliens, I usually use this voice. And some of my women in my holes, when we come in with, and we have some booty on the line, uh, that's when we get really intricate about the aliens. Yeah, the John's here for the anal probe. <laughs> so were the pyramids built by aliens? Oh, Obviously. Are they antennas into space? Yeah, when you go on a binge of ancient aliens, it's hard to keep all of the facts um, <laughs> in one spot. Facts. But Hold I... on, can we put the disclaimer yeah. next to <laughs> Sure, facts. Please, please, may I exit the kitchen to say this one thing? <laughs> a lot of theories for a lot of these monuments, they end up patterning the same constellations in the sky, usually during the winter solstice. I think it's the idea to bring back the sun. What mimics the constellations? Giza, the three pyramids. Oh, that's right. I, read, I saw about that. Are yeah. supposed yeah. to be in the same pattern as the Big Dipper back then, like 10,000 years ago, which is also another theory that the pyramids are much older than we think. There are also a couple other monuments throughout the world. I think there was one in like Peru that is a similar Because that was what? The patterning. Inca? The Inca? The Inca, I think, I think, uh, um, and then, (laughs) (laughs) um, can we get Pavel on the line? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about these Peruvian ruins. But so a lot of them pattern the constellations as well as, uh, they think is supposed to be a roadmap for ancient aliens to land in certain spots. I've heard this theory before that. What they describe as the gods were actually superior beings, these aliens. So that is a plausible theory to me because didn't people think that conquistadors were gods when they landed? Right. You know, the the pharaohs in ancient Egypt, uh, they had different stories than the ones that, you know, we were raised on as far as. Uh, Greek and Roman mythology. So they had their own set of things. Even though they're like in completely different parts of the world, they all have like very similar stories where there's a sky god or a sun god, they're sky people, they came from there and then they're going to go back up when they die. And so it's like either you're connected by some magic or ancient aliens. Yes. Or it's just lore. It's just lore, but why does everyone have the same Because they all came from the cradle of life in Africa. That's that's, that's a good question. It's all the same, though. That's why I'm with you on this. Even the story of Adam and Eve is pretty similar across tons and tons of religions. Like, the variances are so slight that my assumption is somebody told this story, and then, you know, it's like the telephone game. Five people went off and told it, and sometimes the snake disappears, and sometimes there is no forbidden fruit. But they were always two buck-naked people out in the garden, you know, hanging Because that's out. the most important part. That's the most important yeah, part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I just think that it's, it's silly to completely deny that that is a possibility when we're like, oh, yeah, well, God came, and angels, and angels had these metal birds and demons. and Because if you read the Bhavad Gita, it's also like the wars that they're talking about. It does seem like a Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, 
So it's in Pakistan. There's like this one city where the radiation is just like through the roof. And it's a city that was completely like decimated tens of thousands of years ago. And it's like, why does this place all of a sudden have radiation poisoning? Yet we use stuff that causes radiation all the time in space travel now. Isn't it possible that there was maybe some being somewhere else thousands of years ago that came and started something, caused a lot of radiation. The idea of how vast the universe is, it's almost implausible to think that there is no life anywhere else. I think it comes from that centrist kind of idea, which is we are the center of the universe and God created us and only us because we're in his image. So thinking anything other than that is evil. But I mean, come on, there's got to be something. I mean, we, we are one galaxy of over 200 billion galaxies yeah and to sit here and think that it's just us knowing that there's water on planets within our solar system yeah that's just stupid yeah and also i think nasa has officially said that it's not a matter of if there's life out there it's a matter of when we find yeah. life how out far there. away which we already is. have right hasn't that been confirmed well, i think microbial life but i yeah. don't think any like uh intelligent humans. life again that isn't the theme of the show. It's about having an open mind. Science is really important. And, and every time we do space travel, we learn something new about the universe and how it works. Like we wouldn't have some of the things that we do in today's modern world if it weren't for space travel. Yeah, it's definitely important to know what's outside our little, our little room called Earth. Earth is nothing more than a piece of rock that was attached to the same stuff that exploded billions of years ago, and we just happened to be here. So the the idea is, you know, the moon is made from the Earth, and there's other pieces and rocks out there that are very compatible. It just happens to be our atmosphere and our distance to and from the sun that makes it livable. There's got to be other things that are out there. There's definitely a theory that ancient aliens came and bred with humans that were on Earth or did gene therapy to create humans. To build onto this theory, one of the things that's always amazed me that people with religious ties can't explain away is how dinosaurs once existed and now man is here. Because it was all supposed to be man was created on the sixth day or whatever, however the story goes. And that's something that Christianity has a really hard time trying to explain. And so our first guest of the day is Julianne, who's going to talk about dinosaurs. And it's only taboo because her husband hates when she talks about dinosaurs. <laughs> and which is funny because LeJohn hates when his friend talks about dinosaurs. Olivia so, Queener, I hope you're listening. Okay, so we have on the line with us my good friend, Julianne. She and I, uh, because Lindsay rented out a movie theater where... It was just Julianne and her husband, Devin, and Lindsay and me, and we got to watch Jurassic Park by ourselves in a theater. Julianne, how magical was that? I, I was so excited. I could not put words to it. I talked the whole time, and for some reason, they didn't sit Matt and I next to each other, so we were just shouting about dinosaurs. <laughs> Wait, was this this fall? Because you could rent out movie theaters because of COVID, right? Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's amazing. What made it more amazing is how much Devin just does not like when Julianne goes on about dinosaurs, which <laughs> made it that much funnier. God bless that man. No, he really hates it. I mean, it's probably the number one thing I can do to turn him off. Have you ever used it for like, you know, you're not in the mood and you just say, you know, I'm just going to start. No, but that's a good idea. I never <laughs> He's like, talk dirty to me, baby. And she's like, triceratops. <laughs> 
you know, birds are just modern day dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs had feathers. Come here. Where are you going? <laughs> but why, why does he hate it? It's just like a, a nerdy topic to him, but it's funny because he actually has other nerdy topics. And I have bartered with him. Like, if you're going to talk about Forrest Fenn and his treasure for five minutes, then you're allowed to listen to me talk about this recent dinosaur article. Was it like at the the, the clues for the treasure was in a poem? Is this that guy? Yeah, that guy. And so my husband got pretty obsessed with him right around the time I was reading that book, The Rise and Fall of Dinosaurs. So that was convenient that we could take turns sort of you know, talking about things the other hated. <laughs> but I mean, Indiana Jones was an archaeologist. And I mean, dinosaurs would have been in his wheelhouse. Yeah, Forrest Fenn probably yeah. believed in them and I mean, enjoyed them. Indiana Jones was essentially like Grant from Jurassic Park. You know, just a little bit more kick-ass. Indiana Jones and then probably Ross Geller from Friends are like my top two dream men. Well, interesting. That's 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 really bizarre. So, well, I guess he's an archaeologist too. Okay, now I'm putting it together. LeJohn is like Devin because his close chick friend is obsessed with dinosaurs. And I found out just like two minutes ago that she did the dinosaur Christmas tree that I sent to you. Really? She actually did that. She took her Christmas tree, which wasn't originally a dinosaur. She made it into a dinosaur with like dinosaur part toys and stuff. And, oh my uh, God, can I have her number? Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, make, I'll make the connection because she, she's she's all about it. And, um, and, and then you and Devin can meet at the bar. Exactly, right, yeah, just take shots nonstop. And I find myself like, you know, maybe I'm the bad guy here because my favorite animal, my spirit animal, if you will, is a rhino. I love rhinos. Mm, and you gotta think they're kinda. somewhat of a descendant of the dinosaurs, right? Are rhinoceroses or rhinoceri? What do, how do you say plural? Rhinoceri. <laughs> are they related to dinosaurs or do you believe that dinosaurs were all more bird species? I don't know. I mean, in the book I read, The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs, they kept reiterating that the dinosaurs turned into birds, but then they also said crocodiles. So I have to think there's other species. I mean, they were pretty diverse. So I'd have to think there's other things that they morphed into over the past millions of years. We were talking about this a minute ago. The Christians who don't believe in evolution and, and science and stuff cannot, for the life of them, explain how and why and when dinosaurs. You know, there's the famous uh, T-shirt of Jesus riding a dinosaur because it's like, nope, man, man existed at the same time because man was created first. What are your theories on that? We had a friend actually who truly didn't believe in dinosaurs and he knew it was ridiculous, I think, deep down, but he just would stand by it because it wasn't in the Bible. I think some people look at dinosaurs as these mythical creatures like a unicorn or, you know, a dragon, but it's there's evidence. I don't know how you can dispute it. It's it's fascinating to me. But Matt, I thought what you said kind of the last time we talked about dinosaurs was really interesting where when the asteroid hit and really wiped out our dinosaur population. It just seems like it's a little bit bizarre that three times dinosaurs repopulated the earth and looked pretty much the same. I mean, there were some variations, but that last time, then it brought humans and, you know, apes and like elephants and all different types of animals that had nothing in common with dinosaurs. So it makes you wonder, was there something on that asteroid? And, and this is why I thought it was a good segue, Joe. Was there something on an asteroid that hit the Earth that actually brought those kinds of organisms to it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if we're sure. thinking this is an ancient astronaut theory. <laughs> 
I mean, that's what makes the most sense. The only thing that you mentioned, though, to me in text, Julian, that I was like, oh, yeah, I always forget, was the composition of the atmosphere was actually very different during those, like the Triassic and Jurassic eras before modern day. Yeah. I think it was a lot hotter and it was more like a a desert environment. And I think there were higher levels of CO2 than there were oxygen at the time. So I don't think humans would have been able to survive for very long. Yeah. And wasn't um, the Antarctic like tropical and then the North Pole was more temperate? I feel like I've seen a Nova where a paleontologist looked at um, fossils from leaves in that area. Yeah, that could have never been there today. That's the future of our planet. As long as global warming keeps happening, CO2 levels keep going up. We're going to either change into dinosaurs or die. And I'll, I'll morph into of, a dinosaur. I was going to say, do you think we could choose which kind of dinosaur? Or do you think that like... Julianne, if you could be one dinosaur, what would you be? I'd probably be the T-Rex. Mm. I mean, in Jurassic Park, make them look kind of stupid. Like they can't see things that aren't moving. But they were actually one of the most intelligent dinosaurs and velociraptors really weren't. And they just guessed that based on their brain size and, and um, some other things. But um, yeah, they were pretty much like the, the most dominant predator. So I'd probably want to be that so I wouldn't have to be eaten by anything else. You got to talk about the ultimate oddy body, the, the, the T-Rex, which nobody ever made fun of him because he's T-Rex. Sure. But like in the backwoods and everything, I bet the other dinosaurs were like, look at this dude, man. I mean, look at his arms. He can't really do anything with his arms. He's a, He was the first oddy body. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't like it because he was like, you know, you're body shaming me. That's <laughs> true. That was the very first taboo topic that was ever talked about. Body shaming the T-Rex. Look at your little arms, you bitch. <laughs> I, I would definitely be a triceratops. They're kind of like a rhino, I guess. Right, right. exactly. There you go. <laughs> so what is the most controversial theory that you've read that you agree with that most people would be like so turned off by? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the bird thing is interesting. Like with the T-Rex, you can actually sort of see it because their arms were so tiny and useless, they didn't need them. So you can kind of see how like a, a chicken or a stork or something would walk like a T-Rex without needing the arms. Um, and it's funny, cause I'm in Florida right now. And when you're in Ohio and you hear that bird theory and you look outside and you see like a cardinal or a blue jay, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. But down here, I mean, there's these birds like crazy everywhere called sandhill cranes. And they're like four feet tall and they're enormous. And it's kind of crazy to see them fly something that heavy. Um, but it's a lot more believable when you're down here, I would say, when you see the gators and the, and the birds and um, there's tons of different species of birds down here that you would never see up north. Isn't it true that they've never found an entire skeleton of certain species of dinosaurs so that maybe they're wrong? I think so. Yeah. I mean, even is it the, the T-Rex in the um, Natural History Museum in New York? Like, doesn't it have too many vertebrae or something? Yeah. I think they're always some sort Back of to body shaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you see how many vertebrae are on that dinosaur over there? What a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when I was reading that book, um, it was actually right before the pandemic. I think I read it during that period of time and it hit me so much harder because I it was in I think February when I was reading it and the pandemic was coming and, and you knew it was just a matter of time before it hit the U.S. and the end of the book the last line was um, you know if it could happen to dinosaurs when is it going to happen to us and I just think that's such a creepy thing to think about because it, it we did have all of these different species that were on this planet that were completely wiped out and it just 
as a matter of time, it happened to them three times, you know, and I just think that's something that's really eerie to think about. Um, but when I was reading that book, I kept texting my dad all these little dinosaur facts in the morning because I would be up reading early. And then he would text my husband and say, you got to tell your wife to quit reading that book. And I can't take it. <laughs> One of the most interesting things was about the sauropods, like Brontosaurus, that nothing's ever been that huge again. There's never been an animal that's that size. Like some whales get sort of close, but not anywhere near the size of those animals that walked around on the planet. I just think that's crazy. I sound like such a loser when I talk about these. I'm, I'm sort of starting to see what Devin's talking about. No, 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 seriously though. This well, it's enlightening no. for me. You're yeah, actually- Lejean's learning things, so yeah. it's okay. You're actually making me like Olivia a lot more now. Like, okay, maybe she's not that yeah. bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as nerdy as it might sound, it, they, these things are breadcrumbs to our existence. We're still in the short-term aftermath of the Big Bang where there's so much shit flying by us in space that they keep getting wiped out. And so, I mean, that's really interesting to think about. And how many, how many millions of years separated the last era of dinosaurs, which was, what was it? Was Jurassic the last era? Um, Cretaceous. Cretaceous. How many years from the Cretaceous to what they assume mankind was? So around 80 million, I think. Yeah. 80 million years. Think about what's happened in 2000 years. And people are always talking about like the, the, you know, almost like prehistoric times. And you're talking 80, separating one species from another, not to mention the millions of years that separated the dinosaurs from each other. Maybe that's why certain people don't want to talk about it because it makes them feel... It hurts your brain. It hurts my brain and makes me feel insignificant. Makes you feel small. Uh, But what do you get if you cross a brontosaurus with fireworks? Dynamite! (laughs) (laughs) Julianne, I dare you to go in the other room and tell Devin that joke right now. All right. My, he's actually working today. I'll say, hey, put yourself on mute real quick. I have a joke for you. See what happens. Um, it's not a joke. It's a fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really is. Well, thank you for nerding out with us. Yeah, it was great to meet you all. Happy birthday, Matt. I hope you guys have a really fun rest of the show. Thank you. Yeah, having a December Christmas time birthday has always sucked. Through the years, if people didn't forget it was still like, a, oh, you know, we're, we're, we got family stuff going on. I'll never forget my 21st birthday. A big snowstorm came in, and one after one, people were texting and calling me saying, ah, I can't make it tonight. By the end, it was only my two friends out of like 10 people. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're fucking with me. They're going to like surprise me. They did not. I was let down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. Christmas just passed. I mean, so many people, and that is just the story of my birthday through the years. For people out there, if you if you have kids, try not to have them around Christmas. But if you do, do not give them one gift for both holidays. That's bullshit, because nobody else has to experience that. Or do you? Did you ever have the? We'll give you one shoe on Christmas, and we'll give you the other shoe on your birthday. That's some Dickensian <laughs> stuff. My parents used to buy. I think just like one set of gifts and and go, oh shit, we forgot Matt's birthday's three days later. And I think they would just keep three of them in the closet. I'm not kidding. And I'm not saying my parents didn't try to make it special, but man, it was just having a Christmas time birthday sucks. Mine's in early December. So I would often get money that I would use to buy Christmas presents for people. You ever sit around and think about like, damn. What were my parents doing? I mean, of course they were they were they were banging and everything, but like, for instance, my birthday's in September, so clearly 
New Year's Eve, yeah. they were they was like, yeah, we're going to make this thing happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's past Valentine's Day. Is it? Oh, it's, it's a spring, spring equinox. equinox. That's what, what it is. is. I'll tell you what it is. Even though today is December 28th, when this releases, it's going to release on my second favorite holiday, which is St. Patty's Saint Day. Day. And that might be the day that people are getting down. Mm. Ah, I am yeah. I am about 40% Irish. So to those of you listening, top of the morning to you. <laughs> How would a black man say top of the morning? What's up, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> so top of the morning to you. I'm so sorry I didn't make the coffee yet. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Everything that Joe says comes with like a back slap to follow up. <laughs> so in the theme of the story of Matt, if you will, I would say in the beginning of act two was in my late twenties. I was about to get engaged, about to buy a house, about to do all these things. I worked at a really horrible company where I met a lot of really awesome people. And one of them was Bobby. And for those of you who don't know, Bobby is the guy who does our post-audio cleanup and and helps me do the mixing and makes the show sound as good as it does. That poor man has to listen to our voices for hours on end all the time. (laughs) That means Bobby hates me. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby's also a professional voice actor, and he and I for years collaborated and still do on all kinds of projects. So Bobby, calling in from uh, the West Coast uh, near the Bay Area, how's it going? Pretty good. It's it's chilly here in the Bay Area. It's 46 now. 46? Oh, uh, you poor guy. Yeah, balmy. <laughs> yeah. Balmy, 46 degrees. <laughs> but, you know, the sunshine makes it that much better. It's um, It was, uh, I remember, I, I moved to L.A. some 30 years ago for the first time. And uh, one of the first things I did, it's like every day was the same. Yeah. Sunny and 80. <laughs> And, you know, when you live in the snow in Cleveland, you go, well, I wish I was in sunny. And but when you're living in it, you go, another sunny day. God, this, this is, is why I always say that Cleveland is like the best location ever, because you, you can freeze your ass off. You can bake your face off up here. It's just, it's just a great in between. Yeah. And so I, many ways to get injured by the environment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they also say the most serial killers come out of Ohio. So it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just because of the gray yeah. in Ohio that, for most of the year. That's it. That truly is That's it. what it is. Yeah. If it wasn't for the gray, yeah. I would be okay with anything in Ohio. Yeah. It's it, it's not the climate that bothers me. It's the gray. Show me a little bit more sun and I'm yeah. good. It's, it's been linked to like depression and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I will say this, though, that, that I really do miss the snow, especially this time of year. But come January 2nd, I'm living here. <laughs> uh, you met me when I wasn't even out of college that long, but I, you saw me as this bright-eyed kid with all these big ideas and passion and all this stuff. And then, you know, it just it blossomed into a really good working relationship and friendship for, you know, the next decade plus. You actually showed me your film that you had done. And so I, I screened it. Uh, on DVD and I'm totally impressed with the quality of the film, the story, the writing, everything 
was phenomenal. It was totally professional. I, I just thought, you know, he had to use his friends <laughs> as actors. What? The acting wasn't stellar? <laughs> when you're doing free stuff. And I said, if only there were better actors, this thing would have been great. So we found this partnership and, and uh, I tried to bring some better actors to the, to the fold. <laughs> um, because I was doing theater at the time. I was doing a lot of um, community theater at CVLT and, and other places well, as well. And Bo so Bobby has done a lot of on-camera acting and stage acting, but obviously like the voiceover stuff is to me, one of the coolest, most impressive things. And now he's a video game character. In, uh, in the Mafia yeah. series? The, Are you the, serious? Re the remake of the Mafia, yeah. That was fun doing um, what they call motion capture or mocap. I loved it. I have a picture of it. And then you find out, oops, I signed something that said I shouldn't do that. So did they break your kneecaps since it's a Mafia <laughs> game? <laughs> yeah. You were almost Captain Crunch in the 80s. It was another agent that I had auditioned with later who remembered that I did these voices of a particular guy by the name of Doss Butler. He was uh, Bobo, Yogi Bear. He was Captain Crunch. He was Elroy Jetson. Actually, do your Elroy. You do a good Elroy, don't you? Well, I don't know, Dad. Um, see, he, he kind of does it up here. So you have to do it really up here. I mean, Bobby has a nice, deep, rich voice, but you did the bear in like a convenience mart commercial or something with like a super yeah, it was high. Convenient food mart. And uh, the bear's name was Jelly Paws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never live it down. A convenient food mart. Wow. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Neato. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, when I was growing up, I never watched cartoons to be entertained. I watched because I was enamored with the voices. I either wanted to draw cartoons, talk like cartoons, or be a cartoon. <laughs> because... You could get anvils on your head and, and walk away. I mean, I wanted to be a cartoon. That's why I wear the same clothes every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Channeling the inner cartoon character. <laughs> and I was able to 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 do uh, to mimic the voices of of Doss Butler. Uh, so when I was in L.A., I of course before I moved, I I wrote him a letter and I said, "I'm I'm coming. So can would it be okay if I if I talk to you when I get there?" And he was one of those people that, you know, he had achieved so much. He said, heck yeah, come on down, come on down. And so I did that. And for four hours, uh, it was just he and I with my idol. It's like if, if you have an idol in entertainment or somebody that you wanted to be, who would it, who would it be? My, mine would be Lucille Ball. Okay. Lejean, who? I'm actually a really huge um, Gene Hackman fan, actually. So, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine sitting across and you're looking at, is that Tyler? <laughs> Hi, Tyler. I don't think we've ever met. I've heard a lot about you, Tyler. So you're sitting across and Gene Hackman is where Tyler is sitting and you can just pick his brain. You can just talk to him for hours. Oh. Well, I not only did I do that, but I also got to work with him on his script. So he was doing voices and I was doing voices and he was teaching. It was, it was just one of those rare out-of-body experiences that you had. I was just going to say how amazing it is because um, I feel like a lot of times when uh, people are successful, there's that idea of like keeping it to yourself and uh, there's not enough pie for everyone. But it seems like the more successful the people are, the more um, willing they are able to share. It's like, it's like an abundance lifestyle. Right. Exactly. There are a lot of people that, you know, especially in this 
industry in the acting profession that wouldn't give you the time of day, but they forget or have forgotten that they were once new too. They were once newbies and starting out and how hard it was and how hard it is in this profession. So we're talking about like mentors and, and uh, being in awe of someone. So when I, when I met Bobby and I first started working with him, I just saw him as this really talented, really nice, really cool guy who had a good amount of experience, life experience and professional experience under his belt. And, you know, I have this idea for a web series and the main guy would be like your age. He's going through like a midlife crisis. And, and the fact that you were like into it and you were like, yeah, let's do this. It, it, it was cool because I still saw myself still to this day. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40 now and I still see myself as a kid. To me, that was really cool. I appreciated it because it was somebody who saw value in me who wasn't just some punk kid. And that's why this relationship has, over time, it's just been so important. And uh, we've always been kind of a sounding board for each other. And that, to me, that's had a huge impact on why I'm at where I'm at today. I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast if not for you because audio had to be everything and you tell us how much we suck and, you know, so we try to get better at this podcast stuff. I'm kidding. You always got to have people to tell you you suck. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> always, it's true. always. Because if everybody tells you you're great, you should be really worried. Right, right. For two reasons, because especially in our business, uh, you want people to be honest with you and say, that was a good set or, or that was a good, you know, you did, you did great in that scene or man you could do better yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> i remember you specifically saying that matt i have a thick skin i've been in this business a long time there's nothing that you're going to say that's going to hurt my feelings if you're being constructive well one of the things that that i enjoyed working with matt is number one he's a genuine human being and a gentleman above and beyond um, this business he's just a good person at heart and that was important to me. And not only being a good person, but a talented bitch. <laughs> uh, other things that he did and then watching him work and, and, you know, Oh no, we need light to come in here and then put this through here. And then I'm like, really just, don't you just turn a camera on and go, <laughs> you know, it was just amazing watching him work and his attention to detail again, for someone so young, and not as experienced professionally, you were more professional than a lot of people I've worked with professionally. What happened me. to me? What? <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing that impressed me a lot about you. you. You were good, but you had fun, you know, and you have a thick skin as well to say, well, that shot didn't work. What do you think? You know, that kind of thing. So the collaboration that you and I have, which is, I often think, wow, he's like, he could be my son, you know? I mean, he's that, he's young enough to be my, my kid. Do you know what you were doing yeah, 39 nine, years ago? Yeah, about, uh, 19, 39 and nine months Early 1981. <laughs> Chances are. Uh, and it was really weird to have his grandmother play my mom. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, it was, it was like, ah, ah, ah. Do you have any... Uh, roasting uh or funny things you want to say you can make fun of me as much as you want that's what this day is all about uh you know i i was thinking about that um <laughs> uh <-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> filled out three diaries <laughs> your first impression to me uh was uh, cocky son of a bitch yeah i get that <laughs> yeah uh, a little, little cocky little kid and and then and then you you backed it up 
with, you know, when I saw your film and, and then I saw your, you know, your edits later on, but yeah. Okay. So that's one, that was the, 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 the very first impression that I got of Matt was, uh, he was sort of kind of full of himself. See, happy. and that's so funny because you're, you're by no means the first person to say that. And I would say, I yeah, used your dad told me uh, yeah. about that. I used to tell people I would warn them, I make really bad first impressions, but just give me a chance because <laughs> like apparently I make facial expressions or say things and I think people read it as, oh, this person's like overly confident. And it, it was never that. It was always just like I was the middle child of five and then a loud Italian family. If I didn't <laughs> scream at the top of my lungs, I would never be heard. It's like and you then, have a like a resting bitch face or something yeah. like that. Oh man, I must make some resting mess. prep face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach Morris. I it was like I would I would walk into a room and go time out and nobody would play along. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck your bell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bobby, thank you for joining us and thanks for sharing some stories and some of your wisdom. And uh, thank you so much for doing, uh, helping us with the audio because the thing that we get complimented on over and over is the quality of the show, uh, not just the, the audio, content. not the, not the content, yeah, not the, content. <laughs> the content people are like, get new hosts, yeah. but the audio, <laughs> you know, we are talking about age. Uh, let me leave you with this. You're going to grow into something that you've always hated <laughs> and, 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 and not A really tree. realize it. I've grown into the guy that get off my lawn. <laughs> Seriously, seriously, there are kids outside that I just, if I had, if I had a Red Ryder, you know, BB gun, instead of shooting my eye out, I'd shoot that kid's eye out. Good morning, Mr. Bobby. What'd you say, bitch? Make my day. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks you so much, me. Bobby. Thank you so much, sir. And the theme of this episode is a treat yourself for my birthday. I brought in E.W. Harris, who actually, he and I were friends since about sixth grade and we've stayed in contact all these years and he is one of the most talented musicians i've ever known and i'm not just saying that because he can hear me right now it is the truth so thank you so much for being here today man i appreciate it my pleasure my my definite pleasure so he's calling us from brooklyn and uh you've lasted in new york through the pandemic so far yeah <laughs> it's i i have a lot of post-apocalyptic ideation as a, as a, as a part of my thought process on a normal day. So like kind of, you know, standing outside and watching people do crazy shit with masks instead of without masks kind of fits a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Makes more sense. And you've actually worked that into some of the music stuff that you've been doing. Like that's, you kind of have like the grunge uh, post-apocalyptic, what do you call that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the marketer. <laughs> I just do. You know, like I watched. Y'all seen that movie, um, Six String Samurai? No, not uh, yet. <laughs> right. It's it's fucking awesome. It was like Rolling Stone magazine was all about it and stuff. You know, when it came out in like I don't know, 1995 or something, and MTV was all over it, but nobody went to see it. It's like a kung fu movie starring a white guy, Jeffrey Falcon, who's actually a pretty great martial artist. Uh, the bad guy is like a dude in like a skeleton outfit with a Stratocaster. <laughs> His character is Buddy. You know, he's like sort of Buddy Holly and he has to go to Lost Vegas because the king is dead in the post-apocalyptic future. There's a kid who just goes, ah, they ride around on broken motorcycles and there's like cavemen attacking them. It's a lot of fun. 
The whole movie's on YouTube. You might not be the marketer for your <laughs> band, but you certainly marketed the yeah, shit marketed out of that movie. The shit out of that. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm intrigued as fuck now. <laughs> for those of you who can't see him, he's got a long beard. He looks more like his namesake, Eric the Red, than uh, ever before. Uh, but he was such like a clean cut kid whose mom essentially made him learn musicals and all that uh, stuff, right? I still hate musicals to this day and getting actually a lot of heated conflicts about it here in New York City. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't give a fuck about Hamilton. The rapping is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is the Going There podcast, so you're allowed to say whatever you want. Awesome. You know, I like appreciate your effort, Lynn Manuel Miranda. I really do. Gee, man, I, I know some folks who will murder you over saying that about him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I yeah. Oh, there's plenty. You're like, let's keep it less heated and talk about abortion. Yeah. <laughs> so here to perform a couple of uh, musical cues from Hamilton is <laughs> E.W. Harris. Here we go. I'm curious because a lot of this is like, who was Matt growing up? How did Matt get to be this old and lame? What were your earliest memories of me? There's there's one thing I just think about from time to time because you were always making movies you know and you and ian you made the series of like out of control apple jacks commercials (laughs) i know exactly that's my dad's favorite video of all time (laughs) no i mean i'm still like you know like you guys are getting this heated argument about why why apple do you like apple jacks and they don't taste like apple and you're just shouting at each other it's fucking awesome (laughs) what i love about eric is he's always just been the most simultaneously grounded but out there dude you can have the most deep conversation about real things and then even in like middle school, he's like, did I tell you I'm into Wiccan? And you're like, wait, what? Like spells and shit? <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, I was testing the theory, you know? I was going to say, that's what that's what I love because the older I get, the more I'm like, this can't be it, right? You know, there's got to be more to this shit. We're, we were just talking about ancient aliens on here. Right. There's stuff to learn and find out, but you got to break down kind of that judgment barrier and you never seem to have it. And that's what I loved about you. Let me share one other thing about Eric. So when I was making my first film, like at the end of college, you flew in or drove into town for it. And he had let me use a bunch of his tracks and music and stuff uh, for it, which I'm like, dude, I love this song. Can I use this song? Can I use this song? And so we're there and he hung out with me for like three days or so. And he like came over and he and I drank a ton and ton of beer. And (laughs) he played live for me a song that I'd heard on one of his albums that I loved. And I think part of it was just nostalgia. And the other part was just a lot of beer, but I felt like I was getting like a one-on-one show with Dave Matthews or something at the time. <laughs> it was like so cool. And the best part was, I think he forgot the words and stuff towards the end. Cause he was drunk too. And I'm just like, this is cool. This is like a live jam session. you know. <laughs> and at the time you were still in Atlanta, I think. Midway between Atlanta and Athens. I was actually living in Lean To on the side of this guy Metalhead Bob's house. Metalhead Bob. <laughs> Bring it on, man. <laughs> the rent was in exchange for playing in his crappy metal band, you know. Um, and then it had to stop because we actually caught the place on fire. So, <laughs> Wow, really shredding. <laughs> That's what heavy metal's all about. <laughs> man, I think the one thing that I've appreciated that enriched my life, and Lindsay and I were just talking about this the other day, is I always surrounded myself with with a really motley crew. I didn't just hang out with a bunch of people who were just like me because 
that's boring. For being a bunch of white kids from Northeast Ohio, we were actually pretty different. And, uh, you know, we were a band of weirdos. Well, yeah, no, I mean, well, here's something. I mean, I would say that the landscape of like the Cauga Falls, Akron area of that time has definitely informed my post-apocalyptic ideations. <laughs> we appreciate you taking time. And uh, I'm really excited to share more of your music because you have done so many genres in the time that I've known you. You're more like folksy. And then it, you started doing jazz. You jokingly did electronic. It has been interesting going back through all that stuff and being like, oh man, like, did I drink too much? Am I just bad at this now? (laughs) (laughs) Or should I be drinking now to listen? To get better. He's going to grace us with his music. This is a song that you actually never put on an album. This was a song that you did live on a radio station in Georgia at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried to think of the most random name possible. Oh, yeah. I've, you know what? I've been bad at naming songs. But Grandma Like Chocolate is the best possible name ever. Look at the clock. It's another late night. Hair past the quarter past two. I want to go home. want to say goodnight. But we still got work to do. And there's something truly lovely. About this shade of blue, but that's when I see you flutter into the room. There you are at the back at the bar, and you like you've seen us before. I finish my drink, then you shoot me a smile as you glide home toward the door. And it doesn't seem to matter much Your paper wings are torn So come on, pretty baby, don't forget about us Sprinkle on some of your fairy dust While you're passing through Then we can fly just as high so Like chocolate. Yeah, great. That was was fantastic, dude. Thank you very much. Let's plug the shit out of your music. Where can people go to hear you and download stuff and pay for stuff so you can keep living in New York? For stories and songs and experimental animation, (laughs) um, patreon.com slash EW Harris music. I post way too much on there. They they actually sent me a thing about it the other day. <laughs> they were just like, we think you might be posting too much. Cease, cease and desist letter. <laughs> Honestly, if you know artists and want to buy a record, Bandcamp is the better place to do it. Just they get more money. The You can choose what the format is if you're an audiophile. It's, oh, it's cooler in a lot of ways. And they usually give their artist share every once in a while to special causes and everything like that. So ewharris.bandcamp.com is the sort of preferred one, but there's Spotify and iTunes and all that type of stuff. Although not all the records are there just because I have a deep distrust of authority. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. I'd be remiss if I didn't include Ian Everhard, who was my best friend since like first grade. 
Uh, and I think we were mostly friends because we just lived near each other because there probably wouldn't be two more opposite families. Um, mine, the super conservative, uh, evangelical and his like hippy dippy free spirited. Uh, we both had four siblings, but we were very different. And I think that's why we were such good friends actually. (laughs) Well, I mean, definitely as you kind of outlined, our families were so different, you know, my parents were very much completely hands off, but yeah, you, you were kind of defined by, um, your parents, um, in a lot of ways. (laughs) Yeah. For better or worse. (laughs) Yeah. and, And you were such a stark contrast to them. It was crazy. Like you were, you were a total oddball in that family. You just went against the grain in, in every possible way. You wouldn't have this show if he didn't go against the grain. <laughs> I, I, I was so entertained by that, man. It, w- watching you was just, you know, you're an enigma. It was just, it was just <laughs> hilarious seeing what you did, you know? Nothing, nothing has changed. <laughs> you were, you were just entertaining, man. I loved it. Ian was that kid who like didn't have to try. Like he was just, cool because he was weird to me and i was so straight cut boring and ian had this like sick twisted sense of humor even as a kid so you know i'm very clean cut he had very long hippie hair and so one time he puts on a dress and puts his hair in pigtails and puts on makeup and we're like (laughs) in maybe fifth grade if that and then he's like let's go to the store and i was so embarrassed to be seen (laughs) with them i'm like no dude so we go into acme and he's like, hold my hand. <laughs> so like, Ian, <laughs> do you remember doing this shit? No, not even, not even. <laughs> You're trying to get me to hold your hand. It was back in the day. So it was like, oh, that's gay, bro. So like, I was just not down with it. And then he kept trying to kiss me on the cheek, like in the aisle. <laughs> like even like the next day, I was like, God damn, he's so funny. And I could just never do anything like that. I'm sure you figured it out, but I was always constantly trying to get you to think I was cool because you're like, who's your favorite band? And I'm like, what's music? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you came from a family. Yeah, you guys, you were in the evangelical church, which I, I visited with you guys a lot. And this was like the place where you go in there. And people are like, you know, they're trying to like instill the power of Jesus into you or something like that. And people are like passing out and stuff. And someone would have to be behind and like, catch them and stuff like that. Like I'll I'll go to that church with you as long as you don't, you make sure I don't have to do that because I'm not going to even pretend like I'm going to pass out. Like I'm going to be the guy to be like, that didn't, that didn't work for me. (laughs) But with just that, I mean, just that in mind, like, do you remember that shed that was in the back of your parents' yard? Oh yeah. 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 It was like the little white shed. It wasn't on your property, but it was on the property behind you. We made movies all the time. I mean, that's what we did. And it was always kind of featured in those movies because of a little sign on the front door that said TNT. It was majestic to us. Like what is in that shit? It's obviously full of dynamite and shit. Like we, we but it was locked. So we're like, we, we have to get in this thing, you know, <laughs> because we needed to get to the dynamite. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime when we were like 12 or 13 or something like that, Matt had found that there was like a little bit of a hole in the roof and he spent all day basically like pulling shingles off and busting into this thing. Like I left for a while, you know, thinking like, there's no way we're going to like really get in here. I mean, come on, this is probably a very bad idea or whatever. But I came back a little bit later and you and Dan had 
pulled away so much shit. You'd gotten tools involved and you created this whole like kid size hole in the roof of that building, you know, someone else's property, which is just <laughs> unthinkable. <laughs> You're like, okay, we, we could get in. We went down there and just searching through this guy's shit. I mean, we were looking for TNT, you know, I mean, all the other stuff who cares. Don't worry, officer. <laughs> there was none anticlimactic. But anyway, you know, after a few days and stuff, it became this thing. This guy had found out that there's this big hole in his property. I don't know how this happened, but they must have got to Matt's parents <laughs> and they had blamed him. You know, they had accused him of being the one who broke into this thing or whatever. And we were freaking out. We were going to go to jail. Okay. They're going to send us <laughs> to prison for this shit. Matt told his parents so he tells me that he had seen some bible burners in the backwoods over the you know past several weeks and he swears that these guys were responsible for breaking into this thing i guess that like relieved everything they i, I guess they believed it and it was no longer an, an issue we were no longer suspects or anything like oh, that i don't okay. know <laughs> I, I knew my audience with my parents. I'm like, let's see, Satan worshipers or Bible burners or like hippies or anything that they'll say is bad. I don't remember that specifically, but that's pretty goddamn funny. Mom, there were Bible burners back there. And obviously, if they're burning Bibles, they're doing reverse home makeovers on that shed, you know, the TNT shed. Yeah, Ian and I went and prayed for them. Yeah, we did. Oh. No, actually, a good one about your mom. She was always yelling at you. Out of nowhere, we'd be making a movie or something. We were filming a critical scene or something like that. And your mom would bust in like, Matt, did you do this? Did you do that? <laughs> you know, but there was one where like we were hanging out and your mom looked at your dining room table and someone had left, you know, some cards out or whatever. And she came in. She's like, hey, who left these cards here? And you're like, dad was playing solitaire over here or something. She's like, with who? <laughs> i was i was like that is the best ever it was, it was solitaire my mom was unknowingly featured in every film we ever made and it wasn't always yelling for me it was yelling for one of the kids Lindsay tells me all the time i have such a bad habit of yelling for her across the house because that's the way i was raised so like we'd be making a movie and ian would be like i'm gonna set this bomb down here under the tree and then you'd hear like <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, where are your pants? And, and we're just like, all right, hold on, cut. But we didn't have editing software, so we just had to keep rolling with it. No, it wouldn't be cut. It would be, it would be immediately followed by mom. <laughs> we were the worst family. Like I felt bad for everyone who lived around us because we were pure chaos. While your parents were kind of like hands off, my mom didn't really pay much attention to us unless it was something to like tell us to do. So the two of us were, it was pretty free reign with everything. It's amazing how like decent human beings we turned out to be considering some of the dumb shit we used to do back in the day. Who told you you were decent? <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> it was that, I mean, it was that age and the town we lived in, you know, is Chicago Falls and our parents wouldn't care like, we wouldn't even have to tell them we were going anywhere. We would just have to be back by dinner or whatever it was. So Matt and I would be on our bikes just exploring everything all the time. There was like a, a, a sewage drain that came out by Valley Vista Park. And we'd always go down there and play and stuff. I think that you wrote a bunch of like little short illustrated stories about it as like the time tunnel or something yeah. like that. I was so fucking jealous of that because the teachers were like, 
so excited and impressed by your skills and stuff, this writing and stuff. Just jumping in a sewer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We write this shit all the time together, but they give him all the praise. I was very jealous about that. You remember like in fifth grade, we were writing for the school paper and at the last minute they took our comic out because it was too violent. And we're like, what do you mean it's too violent? Every scene was like, People were getting shot or blown up. You know what I mean? Because like everything we did was gun related because it was the early 90s, man. That's what like everybody was doing. It was NWA inspired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except it was CWAs. Crackers with attitude. Crackers with attitudes. Crackers with bad parenting. <laughs> Where you from, bitch? Cuyahoga Falls. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. We, we went down to that storm drain that one time. And we, we, we were on a mission to go as far as we possibly could in it. You know, it was this big storm drain and it would like slowly taper until it was like really, really short or something like that. So we walked. I don't, I don't know how far it was. I think it was about three blocks, like city blocks. Where at that point, it's like barely crawl, like army crawl size. Yes. We made our own makeshift torches. We found some old cloth and, a, and we had a lighter and we got some kerosene and we made like torches like Indiana Jones style. And we like went into the, the sewer tunnels and in our minds, we're going to make it to France. Like we, we just. Right. You pop up out of that little hole, like the little drainage dish and you're like, which city are we in? Yeah. Like, uh, we're, we're, one, we're one street down. Like we were fearless. I know. I have three kids and I just can't imagine that type of parenting. You know, it's, it's not how I run my house and I could never imagine. Just letting my kids go do that sort of shit. But it, but it created a responsible parent. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've seen it all, you know. The thing that me and Matt had in common was that, for, like, you know, just uh, the, the eye for adventure, you know. We, we wanted nothing more than to get into trouble, just explore as much shit as we could, and then just laugh and make fun of everything along the way, you know, like. Nothing could, you know, bother either of us unoffended. You know, you can't offend us at all. And I think that's what we really had in common, you know, from coming from complete polar opposites as far as how you guys were raised to become such dope ass tight friends that you are. You know, that's 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 what makes the relationship so good, you know, recognizing the difference and everything. And then, you know, probably looking at where, how you were reared and stuff like, you know what, what my mom says is bullshit. Like, you know what, that's funny. What my mom says is bullshit, too. We have bullshit in common. <laughs> it's certainly not trying to uh, draw a dark cloud over our childhood, because to me, my childhood is still like super memorable. You know, like I feel like we still had like a kind of magical childhood because of the era. You and I were, we were kind of dicks to a lot of people. Yes. We weren't really mean. We were just like really snarky. And like, I'll run into somebody. I'm like, oh, that person probably hates me because I was such a jerk back in the day. And it's been nice seeing people show kindness instead. And I'm like, man, this person's a lot more mature than me because I still probably have like a deep down grudge against people who are dicks to us, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've definitely changed a bunch like with purpose, though. I have to do it with purpose because deep down I'm still 12, you know? Yeah. And the first thing I think about is, you know, how I'm going to make fun of this person in my head. You know, nothing like evil or anything. Like, I don't hate anybody. I actually love people. And I, like, I always tell people, like, if someone's not making fun of me, then I know there's something wrong. Like, <laughs> maybe that, that's the way I was raised or something like yeah. that. If you're not picking on me, trying to, like, push my buttons and shit, then something fell apart or whatever. And I do the same with my kids. You know, we're constantly joking at each other and stuff. And I hope that you know, the way you and I approached a lot of people in our life, you know, I mean, we were unstoppable when it came to just ridiculing and making fun of 
you know, not that person or whatever, you know what I mean? But like, just, just the funniness and unique uniqueness about people. And I really hope we didn't have some big negative impact on people. Cause I mean, you could take it either way, man. You could have taken what we did as like being bullied and stuff. And I, I certainly hope I didn't have that impact, you know, on people or, or you and I had that Im- impact on people when we were younger, man. I think about that a lot and I have a different perspective now and I try to with purpose, be nice. And, uh, I've always been accepting. I, I think, I think you and I are probably harder on ourselves because we've seen people take it too far, especially in modern day. But I definitely think back and I'm like, man, what a prick I was. And then I talk to people and they're like, nah, I mean, like you teased me, but no more than anybody else. I'm like, oh, thank God. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying we have like a free pass. We're not vindicated here, but I feel like we probably think worse of ourselves. Really, I think we thought we were really cool and the people we thought we bothered were probably like, look at these two losers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the thing. I, and and I, you and I are the same in this. I mean, everything's kind of a joke, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people, they, they tell me at least that when they first meet me, that I, I, I seem like the biggest dick on the planet, you know what I mean? But it's really just my sense of humor. Yeah. You know, and I, I keep it really, really dry. You know, it's 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 all with a sense of humor until people realize that I, everything I say is basically a joke. You know, right. you're I think a I'm a total joke. dickhead. <laughs> if I'm going to go back and change anything for anybody, I'll do it through my kids because they're they're in that age range where they're going to have an impact on someone lifelong. You know, and I'll use that as a lesson learned for myself. Uh, we've kind of told the stories about you know kind of who I was, and and it all brought me to today not just because this is the present, but also because we're doing a podcast, which is a big part of who I am right now. This has been a, a just an amazing experience and to share thoughts and ideas with some really cool people. And so once we released our first couple of episodes, we started going online and networking with other podcasters. And then I joined this really awesome group called Indie Pods United. We should be best friends. So calling in from Texas is Tina. And she runs the IndiePods United group page on Facebook. And she also has her own podcast, which is kind of in the same likeness of ours, the Psychedelic Podcast. Nice. Hello. Hi. Happy birthday. The only difference between our podcast and y'all's, I said y'all, wow, I'm really turning Texas, (laughs) is, is the fact that I don't cuss on my podcast. And sometimes I really just want to cuss everybody out that's on there. But I have to try not to because of what I do with indie pods, which is actually, I don't know if you looked into it, but if you go to the website, there's like 80 hours of live streaming podcasters that kind of put it together in two months. And it was a complete accident, just like my podcast was. I hope you can get some of your cussing out on here then yes, for our sake. With Texas slang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think we don't cuss for cussing's sake. It's usually organic, although... I guess LeJohn just has a dirty fucking mouth, but that's just mean anything. <laughs> Wait, now Tina, do you, do you spell your name T I N A? Yeah, I'm not like Tina team. Marie Square Biz, but I am the replacement. So, okay, because <laughs> my my children's mother, we're, we're not together anymore, so that already explains how much she hates me. But uh, her name is Tina. Call me T then. I don't want you triggered. No, 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 no. But have you ever heard the acronym to your name, Tina? T I N A. There is no alternative. This is a revelation. (laughs) I'm going to use that forever. (laughs) I'm weird. So now I know Matt's a Capricorn. So what are you guys? 
Virgo, actually. I always thought Virgo was the virgin. No, that's not me. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and Joe is your typical Sagittarius. I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. Through so people through. I can get along with. I'm a Leo. Oh, good. I'm married to a Leo. Lindsay, right here. I think there's something there because <laughs> my first wife was a Capricorn. She was actually born the day after me, the exact day after me. And, oh, gosh. Oh, it was not meant to be. It was so not meant to be. <laughs> Like you said, you started the group kind of on accident where you guys did like 72 straight hours of like streaming podcasts. Yeah, basically, you know what I love about the podcasting community is because the podcast was an accident. I went in there knowing nothing to every single group there was on planet Facebook and everything and on Reddit forums and trying to tweet with people that hated me and didn't understand what I was talking about. And everybody was like, they found the nice ones and the ones that were on my same level of thinking and I added them all as friends unsolicited just add 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 and I'm like you know after after doing all that like I built really strong relationships with a lot of them and then I had this idea that nobody's really doing anything virtual when it comes to podcast events except for trying to you know learn how to monetize your podcast but really it's a pyramid scheme type type of stuff and I was like, let's do something for the community that's mostly free because in the end, we ended up getting sponsors. So we took all of the like great speakers and all those people and I had them in Zoom and there was like some comedians there and a lot of great musical performances. I made someone throw up milk. It was. <laughs> Wait, what? what's what's the milk story? You're going to have to go to day one morning to see that. It's like the most gorgeous spewing waterfall of milk that's fantastic people pay good money to see that i was gonna say that's a that's some clickable content yeah. on yeah. some certain websites yeah. <laughs> let's talk about your podcast a little bit what your guys focus is very much on all things that deal with the psyche and you guys get into mysticism a little bit when you have certain guests and things like that basically we talk about everything and that any human ever says is psyche related if you take it that way i'm clearly picking apart everybody that I ever talk to and analyzing every single thing they do. And sometimes I have an outline prepared, but it never goes to plan. And sometimes I don't have anything and it turns out to be the best episode there ever was. Like we've talked about MK Ultra and Lucid Dreaming and basically we go across the board and we have information, but then we philosophize on that information and sometimes we completely disagree with things that most people wouldn't. But we make it funny. If there, if there was no funny, I wouldn't listen to my own podcast. Same here. I mean, Le levity. when you can laugh with those people, it's like suddenly you've gone through the gamut of emotions with them. And, and now like there's a bond between you and the host. And it's been hard to remain like really neutral on the show. And sometimes I drop Easter eggs. Yeah. And those are the best parts because I'm like, I wonder how many people actually think this about me that's actually true, but I'll never outwardly say it. So the Facebook group Indie Pods United, what what I've loved about it is I've I've posted on there, I post questions to people. There's always interaction. And there is not that on other groups. And you've been in other groups and you've been um, kicked out of other groups like myself. I have. Hated outcast. <laughs> and I've gotten other people kicked out too for standing up for me for being kicked out of groups. And I've been in group jail for my own group. And so it's so funny what people do to you. I mean, there are so many good people in that group, but there are ones that aren't in the group and I will not name them. 
and they will never be in that group because those are the kinds of people that are reporting stuff that shouldn't even be reported. So they get their little people together and they all report you and then you're, you're stuck. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like high school. It's really cool. Yeah. There's yes, like, except they're 50. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they peaked in high school. Yeah. Then, so. Trying to relive the glory yes. days, baby. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of peaking in high school, so I'm turning 39 today. <laughs> We're here for my birthday podcast, especially where you're at within Texas. You're in a very conservative state and area, and I think we are to an extent as well. And that's why sometimes we stick out like a sore thumb. The people who listen to us around here just know us and happen to be like-minded, but usually those conservative things also means don't question these things, you know? Oh, that's that's very, very true. I have that with my mom when I'm like, mom, listen to this. And I was talking to them about my dad and mom about the Mandela effect, and they were just not having it. (gasps) Do you know how much I'm obsessed with the Mandela effect? Do you guys know the Mandela effect? Okay, Berenstein Bears or Berenstein Bears? Okay, so sorry. LeJohn doesn't know about the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect is that a lot of people completely disconnected from each other remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison in like the 80s or something. That never happened. Right. But all these people have the same collective idea. And it's not like they got together in cahoots and said, don't you remember this? And it was power of suggestion. It was, no, I remember this and I remember this. So then other things have happened in more recent times. There was Kazam. Well, what about Shazam or whatever? And people are like, yeah, that's a superhero. They're like, no, no, no. It was it was with Sinbad and he played a genie. That was the and movie. All of these people remember it. But people are like, this doesn't exist. So the theory oh, is- okay. There are ripples in the space-time continuum, which essentially say they're like glitches in the Matrix. And this just all comes back to ancient aliens. There's yeah. so many different ways that this could go. Last Christmas, I tried to talk to my parents about that on Christmas night. And they just weren't having it because, first and foremost, if you don't believe in, I don't know, evolution, you're not going to stretch your mind to think the multiverse or string theory or any of that stuff. Like, you, your brain isn't going to allow that. So my parents were like, man... Do you smoke weed or something? I don't know. I can't remember what they said. Of course. I was like, what are we doing right now? Merry Christmas. (laughs) That's kind of also the basis of our show is like open your mind up to different ideas and why a lot of the time I have to remain somewhat neutral so that I don't look one-sided on anything, but I'm obviously talking about it and the show is about it. So it kind of gives it away a little bit if you, if you think hard enough with your psyche. And you're not, tra- not trying to change minds, but just trying to investigate something different, right? Exactly, because everybody should be open to anything. Trying to season the mind. Season the mind. A little, little Cajun seasoning, yeah. <laughs> Some Lowry seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people find your podcast? The Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E with a hyphen, Delic, D-E-L-I-C, podcast.com or look that up on apple or spotify our instagram is at psyche.delicpodcast and also go to our group indie pods united because we're doing another summit in july and and we hope we get invited to do it because you're, we you're want already to... you've been invited since i saw the ancient aliens <laughs> yes it's <laughs> all about you i generally get feelings from people and i can tell that everybody here is a very good group and I already know that you're going to go really far with what you're doing, which is why I was immediately drawn to you and newer good people. 
That is so deep, man. And appreciate those words. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for the support and the encouragement. I hope we can pay it forward. Yeah, thank you all. Like, I'm, I'm really happy to have been a part of your show. I'll have to have you all on ours sometime. That'll be super fun. I would love that, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely going places or I wouldn't even be sitting here. I would have just been like, happy birthday. I can't make it. <laughs> also remember, there is no alternative. I will forever remember that. Thank you. You guys drink your white Russians. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, Tina. Thank you. All right. So have you gained any new insight as to who your co-host is? You're with the first impression, asshole, that's not the case because truth be told, I didn't get that impression of you when I first met you. I knew that you were a wise dude. I knew that you were a woke dude. You didn't come off as narcissistic or anything like that. You didn't come off as uh, as a guy who didn't believe that his his shit stank and things like that. You know. But what I did learn is that the 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 the, the guy that I'm rocking this show with is is loved and cared about and admired in uh, in many ways. You know, to still have those friends in your life over a long period of time that means a lot. That's heavy shit, man. Because People change. Now, that could be a credit to Lindsay. Most likely it is. But but that's a testament to the type of person that you are, man, because long-term friendships in this world is is hard. I realized that you're a person that, you know what, I might not mind being Matt's friend. He's all right. (laughs) I'm not as embarrassed. (laughs) My parents write that in my birthday card every year. (laughs) As we sat here today and kind of talked about growth, what have you thought about your own growth as a human being? What have I thought about my own growth? Not the mole. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's slow and steady, but there are some sine waves, right? Like you you make some two steps forward, one step back, but try not to focus on the one step back. You know, the older you get, the harder it is to hold on to friendships, and especially when we are living in a divisive time period. And so losing friendships as you get older, it, it gets tough, especially when it's over stupid shit. You know, and so I guess for me, it's just I'm extremely grateful to have uh, the people in my life who are there and even the ones who are remote and afar, uh, but especially the people sitting at the table. The story really isn't about me. It's just kind of about life and growth and the fact that it all kind of brought us here to today to do a podcast without the kind of people in my life, good and bad. I just don't think I'd be where I am today. And even something as horrible as the pandemic, I'll never look back on this time and be like, oh, what a waste. Like, I'm always going to, no matter what happens from here, we'll always look back and go, man, those were some special times. Like, we were doing some cool shit. We were being creative. We were having a good time. We were laughing. We were following CDC guidelines. Following the CDC guidelines. (laughs) And nobody followed us. But that's all right. <laughs> all right. You know what, Lindsay, I'll let you close this out here. Because you're the producer. It's a lot of pressure, Jesus. I know. But you did a lot of work. <laughs> this is producer Lindsay. So to watch Matt through this time has been a little bit of a roller coaster. And the podcast has breathed some new life into him. I'm really grateful for it. Like, I'm grateful for the people that I've met, the relationships that we've developed and forged and just to see even Tina being on the episode today is just really surreal because we're making a difference like we're making we're making a change and not just for the people out there but I think in ourselves like we've seen it so I'm grateful for that yes 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 happy Happy. birthday Matt thank you for making this happen thanks for bringing me into the fold 
I've learned a lot. I look forward to keep learning and growing. Yes, yes, yes. Really want to thank you also for thinking of me when you had this idea as far as having a podcast and whatnot and thinking that I was worthy of it, worthy of being a part of it, because sometimes I feel like I'm not. I really do. Um, but you've made me feel and believe that my perspective matters, that my voice matters, my opinion matters. And that's that's awesome. And I also want to thank you for being someone who doesn't look like me, able to speak on behalf of people who look like me. And that means a whole lot, dude, especially in 2020 and above. So um, really hope that you have enjoyed this birthday episode. I know for a fact that I have. I've learned so much, learned about you and learned about the, about all your friends and your childhood and everything. And that was fun. So grateful to be here. Grateful to know you. And I can't say that enough, man. Simply grateful to know you. So thank you, Matt. Happy birthday, bro. And Tyler passes. Tyler gave a hard pass. Exactly. <laughs> you guys don't know what I know. <laughs> and scene. You say I a tin can man wrapped around a battery. Oh, and I'd say you're just a ghost. So what did you think about this episode, huh? Huh, yeah? Look, let us know by leaving a review, sharing your thoughts, and subscribing. And then tell one of your friends, or like all of them. We just went there. Now you can go to the goingtherepodcast.com for links to our socials and all the places you can hear the podcast. This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsey Baker, Tyler Kubisti, Michael Madgar, Joe Kelly, and Bobby Thomas.